everybody. Welcome back to the All Day Buffalo podcast. It's been a while. It's been about a week and a couple days since I dropped an episode. Um, that is because of some recent updates in Built in Buffalo, which I will get to. But I wanted to say first, welcome back. It is exciting to be back in the airwaves, um, back in your guys' ears. Um, right before I get started, I want to say thank you for letting me talk to you for the next half an hour. Um, I appreciate it very much. But uh, let me update you guys on what's been going on. It was my birthday yesterday, and it is Josh Allen's birthday today. So it is a very special two days in a row. Um, My birthday was awesome. I just want to say thank you to everyone that said happy birthday to me on Twitter. Um, It was very, very nice. I think I had like something around like 40 to 50 people (laughs) uh, replying and and tweeting at me saying happy birthday. It's really, really cool. Um, I love Bill's Mafia to death. They always, um, always always seem to care for everyone, so it's really, really great. It's the best fan base in the world, in any sport, and that's a fact. Um, like I also said, it is Josh Allen's birthday today. He's a year older than me, a year and a day older than me, um, so it is kind of cool. We basically share the same birthday. Um, he's the GOAT, uh, so happy birthday to him, and um there is a new podcast schedule, uh, so this is the last update for this episode, um, but there is a new podcast schedule. I am dropping my podcasts every Thursday now, um, and also, or not every, it was every Thursday, sorry about that, I'm dropping them every Saturday now, uh, so they were on Thursday, now on Saturday, they'll be coming out in the morning, so you'll be able to hear them wherever you are on that day, um, but we, we added some people to the team. So I was able to just kind of pick a new day. Um, It was up to me. I was asked, and there was no hard feelings. I don't really care. Um, I I will drop my podcast any day. I wasn't too tied down to Thursdays. And I did want to do a little more pregame stuff um, during the season. So that's honestly perfect. I can um, talk pregame, and they can come out on Saturdays. That's the day before most games. Um, So... I think it's going to work out really, really well. I'm very excited for this new schedule, um, and hopefully you guys are too. So, today's episode, it is going to be called the Mafia Medley. Now, this is a new thing that I might try and start doing during this part of the offseason, because let me tell you, this part of the offseason is brutal. It is so dry. Um, It just seems like everything is hypotheticals. Everything is guessing what's the what the next season is going to be like. I am not too, too into guessing. I mean, I don't mind the hypotheticals, like certain situations, um, but just like, kind of like guessing on stuff. And, it, you know, you can only do so much of it. And I did the, the, the schedule breakdown last week, which was, uh, which was fun. But, I mean, everyone does that. And, you know, just like people get tired of that. So what I'm going to try to start doing is this Mafia Medley model. Um, and I'm going to pick three topics of news or hypotheticals, like mini hypotheticals um, that have to do with the Bills and kind of go over those over the upcoming weeks um, until news starts to come out that is, uh, you know, a little more juicy, a little more uh, beef to them, uh, stuff that I can talk about for a longer period of time. Once I get a co-host or some guests on the show, some stuff that we can we can ramble on about, you know, um, so I think it's a good idea 
to be able to have everyone stay current in the news um, and have me not get bored of talking about the same thing over and over again. So this week's medley is going to be on three topics, like I said. Number one being Dane versus Levi. Number two, Julio to Buffalo, question mark, question mark. And number three, Stephon Diggs, thousand-yard receiving record possibility. Uh, so those are the three topics I'll be talking about, and I'm going to start with Dane versus Levi. So let's get it going. This week's medley, Dane versus Levi. So what I have here is what I think this kind of this whole competition comes down to is obviously who is the better cornerback come season uh, start. Right now, with what I've seen from Dane Jackson and what I've seen from Levi Wallace, I think that Levi Wallace is probably the better cornerback. Dane is not as uh, experienced. Levi has more experience against better teams, more NFL experience. Dane has been very opportunistic in his games. Um, Levi, not so much. Uh, so that's what I do like about Dane Jackson. You know, he is the type of guy that is going to make everything out of each of his opportunities. Um, and Levi seems to be more of like a, a more of a passive player. Let his opportunities come to him type of guy. And I think in the long run, we're going to see a shift from loving Levi Wallace to loving Dane Jackson within the organization. I think that Brandon Bean, um, maybe Sean McDermott, really, really like Levi. And there is a lot to like about Levi, but there's also a lot to dislike about him um, on the football field. So I think the fact that... I'll get to that in a bit. But Dane could very possibly win this starting job. Um, I think if he picks up and if he takes a step forward um, in his development from last season, he could very, very... He, he could definitely take this spot from Levi. Um, but as far as Bill's Mafia wanting Dane Jackson and like like just pining for him over Levi and saying that Levi is, is not good and, and, and the fact that he, Dane is way better than him, we don't really know that. We can't say that necessarily. The only people that can say that are the players and the coaches because they would know that. They see these guys working out, out day in and day out. Now, for Dane, I think that he's trending in the right direction. I think Levi is trending in the wrong direction. You know, we're, we're seeing videos of Dane Jackson working out with Aaron Donald, like pushing tires down a football field, um, like upending them, and, and him beating Aaron Donald down the field or whatever. I, like I saw that video like a month and a half ago maybe, but it was crazy. Like Dane, I just love the fact that he's also, he, he's, he's getting after it with a guy like Aaron Donald. You know, a, a defensive player of the year winner and just, you know, a perennial candidate for the award. He, so I, I love that Dane's doing that and getting after it with that type of guy. Um, I want to know what Levi's doing in the offseason. I've always been on the, the, the keep Levi train uh, in past seasons. And I, I, he had a, a very solid rookie year. So, you know, you'd think that it would his 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 game would be getting better and better with more experience, but it really hasn't seemed to be like that. So I think 
that maybe the Bills do need a change at that position um, and, and, and move Dane Jackson up. Or we could go after a cornerback two in free agency. I was literally like pounding the table for a Fetu Milifonwu in the draft. We obviously didn't get him. I think he was a instant impact cornerback that would have made a huge difference on this Bills defense. But um, we we didn't we the only cornerback we took in the draft was uh, Rashad Wild Goose, who I don't think is going to be the next young Richard Sherman. You know what I'm saying? So I think trying to develop Dane Jackson might be the plan there. Um, we have, are also in talks with getting Steven Nelson, um, who recent, or who formerly played on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's the situation at CB2. I could see the Bills going after Steven Nelson and, and bringing him in and plugging him in um, and moving Levi to two and Dane to three. Or like, you know, like in that CB2 spot and just maybe keeping Dane Jackson on the practice squad. Or like, you know, it's a very big mystery what's going to be happening at the cornerback position. But I think that we have some options. And it's not like we're picking between having complete garbage and a little bit less of garbage. You know, these are two players that are, are capable CB2s in the league. So... I think that there's not much to lose here in this CB2 battle. You know, if Levi wins out the spot, it's not like I'm going to be out there playing cornerback. Um, and if Dane wins the spot, then he probably earned it, and he's going to play his ass off and continue to be that opportunistic cornerback. So I don't think that this is a lose-lose situation or a win-lose situation. I think that it is a win-win situation. Um, and do we even really need a CB2? Like I was saying, I think that they are, are trying to develop in-house. It seems like that is what the Bills like to do. They like to get these project players and just work on them, um, have these like these three- to four-year um, development periods, and have these guys just get better within the organization. Um, I like it. I think it saves you money, and I think it's a cool reputation uh, it, you're not just kind of picking guys up off the street, um, plugging people in to make you better for that season. But when you develop people within your organization, it it, it grows a, a culture that is a, a winning culture for a long period of time. It is not a, a win now and then lose later type of um, culture. And the, the Bills, I think, are really successfully building something like that. When I say like that, I mean a sustainable, winnable, winning culture. So let's move on to topic number two of the Mafia Medley this week on the All Day Buffalo podcast. Let's go down to Julio to Buffalo. <sighs> That's all I got to say about it. No, I'm kidding. I got more to say about it. But um, there's not a damn chance. Uh, it would be... Amazing, and there are cool graphics and cool jersey swaps with him in in the red, white, and blue, but it's not happening. Um, the cap space would not allow it. We know that we are backed up against the cap space wall. Um, we don't have 
any space really uh and he is a cap casualty like you wouldn't believe um but it's nice to think about you know like he he would make this wide receiver room absolutely disgusting like we would probably have to get rid of one of our guys but just listen to this offense dude allen Diggs, beasley gabe davis julio jones emmanuel sanders devin singletary um, it's just like the list goes on and on like this, this offense w- would be better than the Kansas city chiefs. In my opinion, um, it would be no contest. So obviously it's nice to think about because we all, we all want every good player, you know, and to have the, the fact that Julio is available is just crazy. You know, you don't see those generational wide receiver, any positional talents, being up for grabs like that so it is always nice to you know imagine it and think that it might happen but in the reality of it it won't we have a wide receiver one Stefan Diggs and like what is the point of bringing in another wide receiver one um, that is going to to destroy you um, cap space wise it it just doesn't make any sense, um, and that, like the fact, like my, I'm gonna go on a rant about Stefan Diggs in topic three, so I won't. I'll save that for later. But we have one of the most elite wide receiver ones, and I think adding another wide receiver one would really end up taking away a lot from this offense. I think it's built perfectly right now. I think the fact that we added Emmanuel Sanders was perfect, but adding more firepower over Stefan Diggs, it would, it would ruin something. And I, I, I think it would probably end up ruining the attitude of a lot of the guys in the locker room. So not only are you adding a cap casualty, but you are adding a locker room casualty. Um, and that is way more important than a cap casualty. You don't want to hurt one of the best locker rooms in the league. Uh, this is one of the tightest knit groups in all of all of sports, it seems like. Uh, all these guys seem to love each other. There was a really great video on Twitter that I saw last night of um, everyone out to eat for Josh's birthday. <laughs> and it was like all of them. It was, I think, Dawkins. I saw Mitch Trubisky in there, like, clowning around with the team. Like, he's already fitting in perfectly. Uh, so, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen. I think I saw Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, uh, Matt Milano might have been in there, Dawson Knox, and then all their like girlfriends and wives were there. So it was it was awesome. It was like all of them around this massive square uh, setup of tables, and they were all eating and having a good time. Um, so like you know, you just can't break up this team. That I, I and I'm not saying that Julio is like a bad locker room guy, but adding another wide receiver one talent like that, I think could 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 ruin a lot and I think I I would feel bad for Stefan you know like because he is wide receiver one and he is the feature of this offense and now and now he's finally the feature of an offense after being on a team where the feature of the team was the running back Uh, you know Minnesota was always a running team they were never a pass first team and now he's on this pass first team he goes off for 127 receptions and 1200 or so yards you know, so there's just you, you can't mess with the locker room at this point. Um, it is too dangerous. It it could ruin it could ruin a lot, and it could ruin winning chances. Um, so I don't think they would do that. Bean is way too smart, and and 
and it, the conversations would end right at the cap space before it would end at the locker room. Anyway, so we won't even talk about it too much. Um, so moving on to topic number three, Stefan Diggs, 1,000-yard receiving record possibility. And by this, I mean the Bills' record on how many seasons straight a wide receiver has, a th- had, has had 1,000 yards receiving. Um, the only player to do that in Buffalo Bills history was Stevie Johnson. Um, I did not find the years that he did it, but I know that it, Stevie Johnson was the only one to do it. Um, he had 1,000 yards per year in three years, um, and that is an amazing feat, an awesome uh, – one of my favorite Buffalo Bills of all time is Stevie Johnson, and he – to to do that is something special, and you have to be a certain special talent to do it, um, and that just you know goes to show how great Stevie really was on some really bad Bills teams. Um, like his, his quarterbacks were like – Jeff Toole and um, Trent Edwards, I think. Uh, he, had, he had Fitzy. Um, but like the fact that he did it on so many bad teams uh, was, was the really special thing about that. Now we have this alpha wide receiver in Stephon Diggs who had 1,200-plus yards in his past season and is now eligible to keep it going. And can he do it? I think... If there's anyone that can do it, it's him. Especially on this team and especially in the league. I think that this team has to... It, it's got to be top three most pass-heavy teams. Like, we barely... We, we didn't run last season, it seems like. Like, there were certain games the running backs would get, like, five carries. And it was just all passing. Um, I think, like, that Seahawks game, it, it just seemed like the ball was always in the air. So it's really it's a really exciting offense, and and Stephon Diggs is a really exciting receiver with an even more like an even more exciting quarterback to watch. If anyone, if any wide receiver is going to do it, it is Stephon Diggs. Um, the connection between Diggs and Allen, seventeen plus fourteen equals six all day every day, and that connection is so so tight. They seem like they are best friends on and off the field. Um, it seems like a connection that no one could break up, um, even if they tried, even though I was just talking about that in the last topic. But that connection is going to bode very, very well for these guys if they want to break this record. Um, it, it would be a huge feat for Stefan, and it would be a huge feat for Josh Allen um, because you got to throw the ball to, a, to one guy who's definitely going to get keyed on by every single team that we play because every team knows that we pass the ball a ridiculous amount. So, like I said, if he can, if anyone can do it, he can do it. Um, he's also the feature, you know. Like he, we're not like you know, we're not to spread the ball. I, I guess we kind of are, you know. That's why I'm kind of wrong in thinking what I was going to say. I was going to say that we're not to spread the ball like we always go to Stephon Diggs. That's not true. Uh, because when I think back on the last season, Josh Allen threw like a touchdown to like 13 different people, which is a ridiculous stat. And he did that, I think, in Denver, throwing the touchdown to Jake Kumaro, 
which was one of my favorite lasers of the season. Um, but we spread the ball around, but we still get Stefan Diggs the ball almost like 10 targets. A game. He wants to get like 10 to 15 targets a game. Um, comes up with 8 to 12 of them a game. So like, I don't think that there's a 1,000-yard receiver record will be hard. Even. I don't even think it'll be hard for him. I think that he will do it three times and maybe even get a fourth. Um, I have that much confidence in thinking that Stephon Diggs can break Stevie Johnson's uh, receiving record on the Buffalo Bills. So, in addition to all this, we keep winning, he'll want to stay, is what I wrote in my notes. And this kind of goes to the fact that he needs to also stay here to do this. Um, If we keep winning, if we keep getting him the ball, if he's still the feature number one wide receiver for these next couple years, um, at least, and I hope until the end of his career, he's going to want to stay if we keep winning, if we keep doing the things that we've been doing. Um, And I think it's a very, very high possibility, like I was talking about earlier, in the fact that we are creating this team around a culture that that is that is winning for a sustained period of time. We're not bringing in free agents and just plugging them all over the place. We are building within. We are taking in these projects like Gregory Rousseau and we are we we are investing in them. And if that investment pays off, if the if the ROI is high, then this team's gonna be good for a long time. Because that's the only way that you build a, a sustained good team. You know, there's 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 examples like such as the Patriots, who were able to kind of. I mean, I'm not too well versed in the history of the Patriots, but while Tom Brady was there, you know, I think that they got lucky with the fact that they had a generational talent at coach and at at quarterback. The fact that they were able to implement a system that worked really well for just Brady and then the fact that that system was so good for Brady that the system would then benefit everybody else. Um, because, you know, Tom Brady's kind of like a player, like like one of the, he's a top-tier player, like LeBron's a top-tier player. He makes other people around him better. And you saw that with him going to Tampa Bay. And I hate Tom Brady, so it pains me to say this, but he is like that. Um, so... I think, you know, they their system was different to build a, a long, sustained, winning franchise. Like so, that's why I was talking about that. Like I, 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 when you think about long, sustained period of time of winning um, on a football team, you think of the Patriots because they did it for twenty years. But they did it for twenty years because they had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick um, at the helm, and they had those two guys running the show. I would like to see if the same system stays in place with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, if then no matter who is on this team, then that's going to breed a winning culture for, for 20, for 15 to 20 plus years. Um, or could we become a team that this is now a, a perennial thing? Is this, is this just the way that the bills are going to be, you know, like the, I guess the best example of this is like the green Bay Packers. Like, the Packers have been good for, like, 40 years. Um, they might not be next year because Aaron Rodgers might be gone. 
Um, and they got to figure that out because that is a whole train wreck of a situation. But that's what I think about when I think of like extreme long time, long, long period, sustainable success. Think about the Packers. Um, you think about teams like, I mean, like the 49ers were good for a long time. Um, just those like those those staple franchises of the uh, NFL, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've been, you just, you just think about these teams that are like all so like the entire game's history, football, the NFL's history. These teams have been really good for the entire time. And we've never been a team like that. Um, and now we're really good. I mean, we were really good in the nineties, but we couldn't sustain that success. So we got to see if Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, can build a system, can build a culture that is going to last a very, very long time. But to finish up on that Stefan Diggs topic, can he become the second wide receiver to record 1,000 yards in three straight seasons? He's elite, and he will always be Buffalo's number one wide receiver as long as he's there. Um, if he's there until the end of his career, maybe when he's older, um, and a little bit slower and a little bit less uh, quick out of his cuts and stuff um, because that is his game. His game is quickness, and when you get older, your quickness does kind of decrease. Um, it's just kind of a fact with all athletes. But as long as he's at the peak of his game, his personal game, he's always going to be elite, and he's always going to be Buffalo's one, number one wide receiver. So with that being said... I don't think there's any way that Stefan Diggs cannot d- complete this record, cannot break this record, can't go for four for five. Like, like he, he can do it. He's the guy to do it. So that's all I got for the Mafia Medley episode of the All Day Buffalo podcast. It is so good to be back inside your guys' ears. Um, I've been thinking about recording for so long, um, and then it was like I was so busy with work, and then it was my birthday on Thursday, and um, Friday was busy, and now I'm recording on this Friday, um, and it's just been a busy week, so I wanted to record earlier, but um, it's kind of come down to the last minute, but um, it is it is very nice to be back recording, uh, back talking about the Buffalo Bills. I had a lot of fun with this episode, so I would like to keep doing this whole Mafia medley model. Um, and just seeing how it goes um, throughout the rest of the off season, um, or at least until there is some good, juicy training camp drama and information. So, just remember um, those update or that that update that I stated at the beginning of this episode. This podcast comes out on Saturdays now. Um, no more Thursdays. Um, Saturdays are for all day Buffalo podcast. <laughs> uh, they're not for the boys anymore. They're for the all day Buffalo podcast. And that's a fact. So thank you guys so much for listening to the all day Buffalo podcast on your Saturday. Make sure you check out BIB, um, the BIB podcast network on all platforms um, and all social media spaces. Uh, we've got a fire Twitter account that is growing and growing exponentially. We have had a killer Facebook um, account, killing on Instagram. I'm about to start uh, moderating the Instagram page, just like I do the Twitter page. So I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, I've never really worked with Instagram in that capacity so far. I mean, I have my personal one, which I don't really post on too much. But 
I'm very, very excited to get to start doing that. Um, and I'll always be doing these podcasts. So thank you guys so much for listening to me once again. And as always, go Bills. Later, y'all.